Hi, everybody. This is Jeffrey Short from MarketScale Retail. Amazon is back in the news this week, not for a new product or sale, but for a $700 million initiative to upskill and retrain their workforce over the next six years. They're spending that money on 100,000 workers across the United States. And to speak about that initiative, we have brought in Rachel Heath, who is an associate professor at the University of Washington's Department of Economics. Rachel, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us uh, on Amazon Prime Day, no less. So uh, Amazon really is in the news a lot. Uh, that's always the case, but especially right now, I guess. Um, but we want to talk about their investment in their own workforce. Uh, like I said, $700 million. That's very sizable. Um, can you explain to us kind of what are the factors that lead to this being the best decision for them? Yes, sure. Uh, so I'd say... You know, what the decision that it comes down to for the company is do they want to retrain their existing workers versus look for a certain set of skills um, kind of elsewhere on the market? Um, and I think what Amazon's telling us is that both that it's a tight labor market where, you know, it's not so easy to just you know, find workers with any uh, given set of skills uh, is one thing. And then the other is that they... There's also a question of when they make an investment in um, in existing workers, if that makes these workers much more valuable to other firms, it's a bit of a gamble for uh, for firms to kind of pay the money to train workers who there's no guarantee that uh, that they'll then stay with the company. So what Amazon looks like it's betting on is that they're going to be able to provide enough of a desirable workplace that these workers will, by and large, stay with Amazon and put 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 these new skills to use. Yeah, and that's a good point because as part of this upskilling uh, initiative, the employees are not required to stay at Amazon. So like you said, they are becoming more attractive workers and they do, I guess, uh, Amazon puts itself at risk to some degree. Um, what types of new roles do you think Amazon is expecting these people to move into? I guess it's hard to say uh, without kind of knowing the the details of the um, of the training they're doing. And um, if I had to guess, I'd say Amazon. You know, like with many of their decisions, they you know play their cards pretty close to the vest. Um, so it's. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of speculation involved in, in kind of thinking about what they might, what the training might entail, and what these workers might be be doing. Um, with that caveat in mind, I wouldn't be surprised if even the you know the the workers that are come in at Amazon for more um, manual type jobs. We're seeing more and more that even those types of jobs, there's still some skills that um, are kind of you know more thought of as you know higher skilled um, kind of components to jobs that these these workers need to use. So that um, you know maybe Amazon's kind of integrating their uh, some of their AI or artificial intelligence or kind of you know some of the more technical parts of their job into um, components like you know in warehouses. Yeah, and I was wondering, and again, we might not know all the details quite yet, but um, I believe they have based some of what they're trying to achieve on 
sort of the fastest growing sectors according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. But like I said earlier, this is a six-year program. So how confident can they be that these jobs are sort of the ones to, to bank on? Because I guess it is a gamble, right? As a very large company, Amazon's in the best place to take a gamble uh, so that no company knows for sure that what they're training workers in will be the skills that that are actually pay off five or six years down the line. But if there was a company that could absorb, you know, a, a miscalculation, I would guess that Amazon would be, you know, in the best position to do that. Um, so it's kind of, um, and if, if they're right, then it kind of, it helps explain why large firms keep getting larger because you can, you know, you can afford to take risks that like will likely prove to be beneficial if you have a certain, you know, scale already. Right. And do you think this is strictly a, a bottom line move or do you think because a company like Amazon who has been criticized in the past for worker conditions and salaries, things like that, um, do you think this is, and alluding kind of what you said earlier about making it just a more attractive place to work, do you think this is also sort of just, you know, maybe they take a little bit of a financial loss with this investment, but it in the long term is best for them from a PR standpoint and just for uh, worker morale, happiness, things like that? And I guess, how do you kind of measure that? Right, right. Um, so my hunch would be that Amazon doesn't mind the positive PR, but that this is fundamentally a decision that's good for their bottom line. That if you, we, we know that it's very costly to hire, train new workers, um, you know, kind of, and on the converse, you know, it's kind of a worker that's disgruntled and not very happy can be very costly for overall productivity. So that putting some money into um, you know, kind of making it, making themselves a more desirable workplace for their existing workers, I think will very likely pay off as far as reduce turnover, uh, you know, and kind of making those workers happy that tends to, you know, make other workers happy and productive. Um, you know, because we do, you know, we think that a lot of workers do really kind of consider it a job perk to, um, to have the opportunity to learn skills. And, um, you know, even though, Amazon's banking on these workers sticking around long enough to use those skills. You know, they, I don't think the workers need to stick around forever for that to be beneficial to Amazon. So if say a worker is planning to stick with Amazon for several years and then work elsewhere, that worker probably considers this, you know, a really nice perk, you know, but it still has paid off for Amazon as well. Yeah. Do you think, I know we spoke about how maybe a bigger company can take a financial gamble or can maybe focus more on these upskilling initiatives. But do you think in general, where do you think it stands right now upskilling as uh, um, just in general businesses? Do you think that there's a lot of on the job training going on? Do you think it's gotten worse over the years or are companies um, investing more in training their employees or upskilling them? Right. Um, I haven't seen hard data on this, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's not a growing trend, both because as I was talking 
earlier about the the tight labor market that you know just is it's getting harder and harder to find talent on the outside labor market so growing your own might be the best <laughs> the best approach um, so I think that likely is a trend that that's been happening and that we'll um, keep seeing happening yeah and there are a couple other what I guess you would call giants out there looking at JP Morgan Accenture AT&T Walmart they're, you know, have recently announced that they're doing similar things. I don't know if they're to the extent of $700 million uh, to upskill 100,000 workers. That's about a third of Amazon's workforce in the United States. Um, do you think there are differences? I mean, looking at a company like JP Morgan versus Amazon, very different company. So are they training people in similar skills or how are they, how are those companies different in what they might be training their workforces for in the future? So with the, um, <laughs> with the repeating the caveat that probably these companies also, um, you know, might keep the exact content of their upskilling, you know, um, private as well. Um, right. I wouldn't be surprised if it was relatively similar across companies. Of course, there's going to be some kind of industry specific things that, um, that each uh, that each firm will uh, focus on. So you know, kind of details of the financial environment for, say, J.P. Morgan. But it does seem like a lot of the technical skills, you know, say, take computer coding for instance, um, is relatively transferable across you know across firms, and that would be kind of. Um, so that the content of these these programs might be pretty similar um, across firms, and again, that kind of um, highlights the um, you know highlights the risk that you're taking if you're if what you're teaching your employees is not you know Amazon's uh, very special procedures that you can you know that are only really relevant to Amazon if they're very general skills about you know computer coding or whatever you know it, it kind of is highlighting that. Um, that risk Amazon's taking, but then again, if you know, it probably then makes it easier for the next company to uh, to start this too. And then once everybody's doing it, it kind of you know, um, there may be less of that risk element. Yeah, and then just lastly, I know we've spoken about the tightening labor market. And I think that definitely has a big role to play. Like you said, um, in an environment like that, it's probably easier to just train your own than to hire people because there might be labor shortages and things of that nature. So, um, and we talked also about how this is a kind of a six year project. So what if the labor market kind of goes in the opposite direction here? Is there a way to reverse course here, you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, so I guess on one hand, once you, you know, the, the, the nature of this investment is such that you're, Amazon's paying for the, <laughs> The training now and hoping it pays off in the future. So if the if the labor market you know turns around, like th there's likely no way they can get back that that initial investment. But on the other hand, this is you know this is kind of a characteristic of we think this is the kind of thing that very large firms are, are doing, and I think we have every reason to believe that even if the labor market gets a little less tight, it's still going to be dominated by these kind of really big firms. We've just seen the kind of empirically, we've seen the labor market 
more and more dominated by big firms. And so it seems like this will be a bigger and bigger part of the um, of the labor market, e- even if the unemployment rate ticks up a little bit. Awesome. Well, I guess we'll have to wait six years <laughs> to sort of track how everything's yeah. going. But it is interesting to see all these companies that are investing in their own employees um, and see how, how they are reacting to a pretty tight labor market right now. But Rachel, thanks so much for your time. Uh, it was really great to get your thoughts on this, uh, being so close to Seattle uh, in Amazon HQ. So um, we'll have to circle back and see how it's going down the road. But uh, thanks for uh, your time right now. Oh, yeah. Thank you. This interview is part of the MarketScale Contributor Program. If you'd like to be featured as a contributor on MarketScale.com, please submit content to publications at MarketScale.com or head to our publications pages at MarketScale.com industries to see more. Oh, 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 oh